You're listening to the Uncensored Direct Marketing Show. This show is designed for direct response marketers who want raw, unfiltered conversion tips and secrets to scale their offers profitably to reach their next million. I'm Maria Sparagas. I'm the founder of Direct Paynet and your host. Now let's dive in. Uh, welcome everybody to another episode of Uncensored Direct Marketing. I have a special one for you today. We're going to be talking about affiliate marketing with Brittany Banks. Uh, Brittany is an expert in everything affiliate marketing. She's been managing affiliates for several years. Uh, she works in very different industries, um, you know, whether it be supplements or financial offers and so forth. She's done she's done quite a bit in her career. Uh, Brittany and I met through a common contact that was a very big uh, influencer in the BizOp space. Um, so we met through Ty again, Ty has, uh, has brought us a, a couple of guests on the show. So, um, we, we, big shout out to Ty again for, for, uh, connecting Brittany and I, um, and Brittany, I just want you to just say a couple of things to our audience about, you know, what your experience has been and where you got your, your start in the affiliate space. Um, yeah, actually it was about 15 years ago, almost, um, I was working full time, going to school full time. I had just had a baby um, and my job was like a pretty far commute. So my brother-in-law was, um, he was a graphic designer for a company called CPA Empire at the time. And he's like, hey, they're looking for somebody. I know you don't know anything about it, but you might as well, you know, try it out, see if it's for you. And so I applied and here we are 15 years later. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, that's how most stories start, right? It's like, people are like, I had no idea, especially in like the two th early 2000s. It's like, nobody knew what the hell they were doing. What the hell's an affiliate marketer? What is, you know, yeah. what is a, you know, an ad buyer? Like nobody knew anything about it. So it was like, oh, well, let me give this a try. I guess it's not that difficult. So it's, it's, it's how a lot of people's, when you've been in the industry for over 10 years, I hear a lot of these types of stories where people are like, oh yeah, it's just like a friend of mine said, this guy needed somebody to do this. And I was like, eh, sure. And then it ends up being like a career for the rest of your life, which is yes. pretty awesome. So, so that's great. Um, so, uh, you know, given your time as an affiliate manager, and since you've been kind of, you know, around the block a couple of times and seen so much, like, what have you seen, you know, like really, really some, some interesting changes or progressions in the last 10 years from, you know, whether it be publishers or advertisers, like what are the big changes? Is it like how they pay their themselves or how they communicate? or, you know, give us some of the, the big things that have changed? Um, I mean, I would say definitely in the last probably 10 years. And I feel like most, you know, advertisers, affiliates, networks, what have you can likely agree is there's been a lot of regulations put in place, you know, from what is it, the CCPA to, you know, just if there's something that could be regulated at this point, it seems like it's going to be regulated. So, I feel like that that has put kind of a damper on our industry a little bit here and there, um, just because it's not as easy to make like quick, easy money in a sense. Um, I mean, but then on, you know, the positive side of things, I think that it's just having, you know, being able over the years to grow relationships and, you know, you see the the companies that are still thriving after, you know, how many years. So obviously they're doing something right. And, you know, kind of the ones that were more of like the hit it and forget it, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of companies that were just looking out, you know, to make a quick buck and not really for the long run. So 
I would say that those are probably the two biggest things that I've noticed over the years is just the people that will probably be around for a really long time and yeah, the regulations. Okay. Actually, I'm curious, you said CCPA. So I'm not, I'm not an expert in anything affiliate marketing, but what is that regulation that you mentioned? Well, I mean, as far as that, that was just like a big California regulation. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I'm not sure of like all of the, you know, super logistics of it, but um, basically I think it has to do with like controlling, like a lot of what you do with the data and like where you can okay. get it from and you data know, protection like that. Yeah. More of like data protection and like consumer protection type laws. Well, I mean, that's, that's interesting. It's in California, but it's also like we have a a direct payment. We have a lot of European merchants and they've been doing this for years because like there's data protection and just kind of privacy is a lot more emphasized in in Europe. So um, I think pretty much all of the US and Canada and all the big first world countries are going to start putting in these laws in place and stuff like that. The positive about that is that you get people who um, are now going to play by the rules. So every, when there's a rule book, at least everybody's kind of on the same standing versus, you know, like when you started and, and just like, you know, when I got my start also in the online space, it was like a lot of, ple- a lot of people play dirty. You know what I mean? So okay. you, you can't compete with somebody who's playing dirty because you're, you're like, well, I don't, you know, I don't want to do this, but you know, in order to do this, I have to, in order to make money, I have to do this. So that's, you know, that, that's another positive, I think mm-hmm. that, um, that comes out of this. And, um, in terms of, you know, the industries that you're mostly working in, just to kind of position it for our audience, like what kind of offers, um, or, you know, offer owners do you work with? Honestly, we're pretty across the board. Um, I would say, obviously, it depends on the season and, you know, um, just where you are at in the year. But I want to say our biggest niches right now would probably be auto insurance. Um, We do a lot in like the credit space, rent to own and just survey in general. So, yeah, um, we actually own and operate an auto insurance offer. It's currently down at the moment for um, optimization purposes, but it's proven, you know, for the few weeks that we did have it up and going to be pretty competitive. So I'm um, looking forward to that getting back going and then a rent to own offer that um, we own and operate as well. So awesome. So, I mean, in terms of, you know, obviously you're, you're trying to attract affiliates yourself um, and keep them happy and get some traffic that way. What's your, what's your advice, like top two or three things that you do to attract really good publishers? I, I like to call them publishers. Some people call them publishers. Some people call them affiliates. You know, everybody has their lingo, but what do you do to attract um, good affiliates and keep them happy and keep them promoting to your offer? Um, I mean, honestly, I would say that it's really transparency. I think, I think that's really important in this industry because like you kind of, you know, touched on before it's, you know, some people like to kind of lurk back there and do what they have to do to make a quick buck. And I mean, we all want to make money. It's the name of the game. You know, that's why we're here. But at the same time, you know, I think just being open and transparent, you know, when it comes to even things such as payouts or, you know, what you're getting or kind of margin you're taking, you know, I've seen a lot of networks out there where they'll take 20% margin, which, I mean, I know that you have to make something on it, but at the end of the day, if you have publishers that are, you know, working hard to keep, you know, you 
to just keep you going, keep the advertiser happy, then I don't think that there's any reason why, you know, you should be taking such high margins like that. Just, I think just, yeah, communication and transparency are probably my two biggest things. Okay. And do you find that, you know, uh, that people or, or affiliates flock to something because of the payout? Like, you know, if somebody's paying 90 and then somebody goes to 10, like, how do you avoid like these price wars? You know, like a lot of these, you know, when offers are similar, it's like, oh, we'll offer 95, we'll offer a hundred, we'll offer a 102. And, and it just kind of feels like it never ends. So, I mean, obviously transparency, I'm sure helps, but is there anything else that helps to kind of keep people from jumping from one place to the other? Yeah. I mean, uh, for, you know, here and there, if, if you've been in the game long enough and you know what you're doing, it's all based on EPC. So, I mean, if you're going to have like some pissing match price war, then like, by all means, like that's fine. But to me at the end of the day, it's how it's backing out. So, I mean, there's advertisers and networks that are going to give you $80 say on an offer, but they're going to scrub the shit out of it on the back end. So mm -hmm. like, ultimately if, you know, we're giving you 60 and it's backing out the same, like, what does it matter? So I feel like that's kind of how I see it. It's like do an AB test. If there's backs out higher, great. Like nobody blames you, go with them. But if it doesn't and that's why, then like having that, having that payout wars, you know, not really worth it most of the time. And yeah. I that anybody that has been in the industry for long enough knows that. No, for sure. And, you know, the, the interesting about the, the, the payout wars is, you know, first it, it annoys everybody. Cause it's like, okay, well on my front, like when I, you know, when I work with merchants that have a lot of affiliates and there's a lot of competition, it's like one month they're doing, you know, half a million in volume and then, Oh, they lost two affiliates. So now they're doing 115 volume and then they're going, <laughs> and then you're like, Oh my God, like as a banker kind of thing, it's like, Oh shit. You know, we can't, we can't have people kind of going through like ups and downs. We need kind of some stability. So, yeah. um, you know, it's important, I think, you know, for affiliates to, to be transparent as well as the offer owners and be like, look, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, let's commit to a certain amount of time, but AB testing is like a great tip is, you know, test both offers because at the end of the day, somebody could say $90 versus 60, but they're converting like shit. Um, maybe your offer is, you know, a lot of us traffic, but this guy, you know, for example, has European traffic. So it's not going to work well on your offer. It's not going to convert well and stuff like that. So, you know, test things out. And at the end of the day, um, you know, I tell merchants the same thing when it comes to like their payment processing is like, don't just look at that first price. You got to look at what they're charging for transaction fees and for chargebacks and for statement fees and all that. And you got to take all that stuff out before you get to that bottom part. So um, all affiliates and, you know, advertisers and publishers listening, test things like split your traffic in two or three, you know, depending on how much you have and make sure you, you have, um, you know, everybody kind of on an equal playing field. Um, so that's pretty interesting. So, I mean, in terms of, you know, um, you know, once you get people who are happy and, and you, you know, some advertisers and you, you can rely on them, how do you get, let's say, you, you know, like your auto insurance offer or any type of offer credit offer, you don't want to get, um, traffic from one source, right? Like for example, let's say you have a list, you're monetizing that list, you're doing really, really good on email, but then you're like, Hey, you know, this auto insurance offer could do really well on Facebook traffic or on search or stuff like that. How do you find people or like, 
I don't know. I don't know how to ask this question to make sense, but um, what I'm trying to get at is how do you ensure that you have diversified traffic uh, when you're an offer owner and you're trying to work with affiliates? Do you, do you ask specific affiliates, Hey, can you just get me Facebook traffic or do you just kind of let it go and see what happens? Um, I mean, well, I guess it depends on what offer like you're specifically talking about because there are some advertisers that, you know, only want email traffic or only want social traffic or, you know, so obviously if it's a, you know, a simple deal like that, then you could reach out to those people that, you know, have that type of traffic. Um, but I mean, it's also kind of one of the, one of the things of if it's open to all types of traffic, it's, you know, if you're working with both publishers and advertisers, it's really just knowing what kind of traffic your publishers have, what, you know, what sites they own, um, what type of data they have, what domains they send to. Um, so it's really just being mindful and knowing, you know, what it is that they do um, so that you're not just throwing offers at them because they get it, you know, every day, everywhere from everyone. Um, so just like, you know, making sure that you're letting them know what the EPCs are looking like, what the conversion rates look like, um, you know, what the payout is and just making sure that it like really hones in on their traffic, um, particularly and sending offers to, you know, the people that, you know, that it would make sense for them to test. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to, I guess if you're an affiliate manager, what you're doing is you kind of get to know everybody and know what their specialties are. So you almost like take out your Rolodex and you're like, this is my Facebook guy. This is my, you know, my search guy and so forth. So that's, you know, I think that's a big advantage of somebody working with a network versus, you know, having somebody in house, right? Like you, you kind of have a a much bigger Rolodex than somebody who's a one kind of lone ranger um, looking out for, for just one specific products. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, I mean, in terms of managing, talking about, you know, that you get people who have diversified traffic, you know, the scary thing for, I think a lot of, um, you know, advertisers is, well, how do I make sure that these people are not promising things that they shouldn't be promising when they're promoting my offer? How do I make sure they're not sending me fraud? How do I make sure these are not all going to become chargebacks in like three months from now or, or whatever the case is? Like, what do you guys do to avoid all these issues um, and to make sure that, you know, the traffic that you're sending is quality? You know, obviously there's always going to be an, a little inherent risk, but I've seen some like nightmare scenarios where it's like they open the floodgate to affiliates and it's like, boom, they get all this traffic. They're like, oh my God, we're making all this money. This is amazing. This is great. And then all of a sudden, boom, 45 days later, refunds, chargebacks, they just all start getting trampled. So what do you guys do? Like uh, a couple of things maybe that you can suggest or look out for? Um, I mean, obviously that's typically in the paperwork at the beginning when you start, you know, any sort of uh, relationship with a new, a new client. So you know, just making sure everything is in the paperwork, I think is really important. Um, especially for an advertiser, like you said, where, I mean, if you're paying on say like a net 15 and you don't find out for another 45 days that everything's being charged back and in your paperwork, it says that chargebacks are due by, you know, the 15th day of the next month, then there's really not a lot you can do. Um, so just, I think making all of that very, um, clear and upfront when you first talk to somebody new, um, I know that a lot of advertisers now are using, um, you know, different 
different types of um, softwares, which personally I'm not a huge fan of because I feel like lately it seems like a lot of advertisers are using those softwares in order to not pay, um, which I don't care for. I mean, I can understand if it's like blatant fraud or blatant just not working and you need to you know, send returns for that. But when there's kind of like a warning, like a middle a middle ground that just says, hey, this data might not be working, but there's no like actual reasoning for it, then we have a hard time accepting, you know, that as an answer to not be paid for the traffic that was sent. Um, But I think that I'm just kind of old school and I just try to keep close contact with my advertisers because ultimately they're the ones that can see their back end and they're the ones that know how things are looking and they're the ones that are going to need to keep me in the know as to how everything is looking for them so that I could then relay that information to, you know, our publishers. Um, and then just on our end, just, you know, every day keeping track of, you know, how EPCs are looking, how conversion rates are looking. And I mean, if I feel like after this long, it's pretty obvious, like when you see something's off, Um, and just making sure you're constantly, you know, especially if you have a high volume source, just reaching out, making sure you're getting the feedback that you need, um, in order to maintain, you know, a consistent relationship. Do you find that like, let's say you have, uh, affiliates who are promoting with social, like that must be a little bit harder to kind of verify quality because they can post anything on social and then, you know, you can't be reading every single tweet or every single post or every single, um, you know, whatever they do on like Facebook or whatever, a story. So, you know, do you find that I don't know, this is anecdotal, of course, do you find that there's more fraud that's coming from something like social versus somebody who has, you know, a page or a blog or something like that? Or is there something that like, if you're, if you're an advertiser, is there one source of traffic or one type of affiliate that maybe you should be a little bit more aware of to kind of make sure that things are, are a little bit, uh, are getting done correctly? I mean, I think it just, it's personal preference, you know, um, depending on, you know, what it is that the advertiser wants. I mean, there's some that want to take, you know, risk and that's, that's fine, you know, and there's some that don't and, you know, might be a little bit more, you know, prone to some sort of litigation. So I think it really just depends, you know, on the niche there because you never really know. Um, But no, I mean, I don't think, I don't think that social is any more, um, you know, any more high risk than anything else per se. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the time, um, you know, the, the advertisers ask to see proofs. And so, um, you know, not to say that that's always the case and just because a publisher sends over a proof that that's actually what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like it's, you know, if it makes them feel better then you know, we're happy to do it too. So, okay. um, yeah, that's that's kind of how that works. I mean, it's it's all a risk at the end of the day. For sure. Are affiliates pretty open to getting clawed back for chargebacks and refunds and stuff like that? Is that something that gets done or it's kind of like, well, look, you, you pay a bit less in order to kind of price that in. Like, is mm-hmm. there a model that you prefer? Obviously, I'm pretty sure if you're an affiliate, you prefer everything being priced in and getting a price. But obviously, as an offer owner, you prefer saying, well, if it becomes a chargeback, I want I want to claw it back. So what's usually the typical model that you guys use? Um, I mean, 
again, I think it's all personal preference. I have some publishers that are like, um, no, I want like a 10 to 15% scrub on the back end because I want, you know, everything that I sent to just be paid for. Okay. There's some that, you know, you kind of just know that, you know, here and there, it's usually between a certain percentage that's going to be sent back, say, due to like duplicates. Um, you know, some are openly willing to accept returns if there's like a detailed report that shows, you know, exactly why with, you know, all the information on there so that maybe they could remove, you know, certain data from their from or what have you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, it's all personal preference. Some won't run offers unless, you know, the pixel fires or they know exactly where the pixel does and doesn't fire. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's kind of open, open to all and just personal preference. Okay. So you see, you see some, uh, you know, uh, some offer owners offer like just a straight up scrub, some that offer details on refunds. Like it's not, there's no like standard, like back in my day when I used to be an affiliate manager, like ions and ions ago, we used to just scrub and just pay and we would not do anything about refunds or chargebacks. It was like whatever. Um, but then we would track, each affiliate's performance. And if they were like, you know, if everybody's doing like 5% and then this guy's doing 12 or 13% returns, well, obviously there's a problem. We don't want to work with that person or, or we want to maybe take a bigger scrub or take a, a another risk. So right now you're saying it's kind of like a, whatever works for each party, like whichever the offer owners are deciding some to, to give that data, some not to give that data and to scrub. Yeah. I mean, I think like you said, back like back in the day it was just kind of like that's what you did like it like there was a scrub on it seems like just everything and um I don't think a lot of people liked that and or it just felt you know like maybe they knew it was happening but it just maybe felt a little bit shady because you never knew like what kind of scrub was on there so um yeah I mean I think it just goes back to kind of that transparency factor that you know I kind of like to put it out there, you know, if something doesn't look like it's working or you don't want returns, then this is an option for you. So you let me know how you want to do it. And I'm happy to accommodate that. Okay. Well, that's, that's good. I mean, I think it, it's, you know, and, and for, for affiliates, you know, if, if they don't like it, then they find an offer that works a different way and everybody kind of has their own thing. Some people have cleaner traffic that converts less Some people have, you know, lists that are not great and they convert, you know, whatever. So it, it will really all depend, which is pretty interesting, but I'm sure you guys, like you guys must have some kind of general general metrics that you can share, uh, with offer owners when they come to you saying like, you know, this is what we expect for this industry and so forth. Is that kind of common, uh, when you're working with a network? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, those are just questions again, that you should probably be asking when you're, you know, working with a new company, just, you know, what do you see returns wise? Do you do returns? If so, like, what are the typical reasonings for returns? And, you know, and then, at the end of the day, as like a network, then you could work with your publishers to decide how that can work best for them. You know, like this offer that you really want to run does do returns. These are the reasons why. Would you like us to put like a 10% scrub on the back end so that we can mitigate that for you and then just, you know, send you your check at the end of the month? Or, yeah. you know, just, it's just, again, just the open communication and just, 
want, you know, knowing what they want to do and working with them that way. Okay, cool. Do you still find, I mean, obviously the, the affiliate space has changed quite a bit and, uh, and, you know, back, back in, you know, I started in the online space, like in 2005, but you know, the affiliate summits and all those kind of, you know, big shows and stuff like that. Do you still find that that's a really good way of, you know, obviously COVID forget about COVID forget this yeah, last year right. we're going back to normalcy yeah. very soon <laughs> like people will be able to like network do you find that like if you're you know if you're new or if you want to learn or if you want to make some relationships do you find that those shows still work like have you been to them recently or what's your like kind of personal experience with that I do actually um I'm personally a big fan of ASW okay um one because it's Vegas and that's an easy trip for me <laughs> and it just seemed like um you know that one particular it was at the beginning of the year you know in January um it's kind of like that time where it's like Q1 everybody's like looking to you know grow and you know get things off the ground and new things at that. So I personally always tried to make sure that I made that show. Um, I definitely think all the trade shows, you know, depending on if there's like certain niche based shows are, you know, I just think they're good that that person to person contact. I like really enjoy. I mean, cause there's so many people that still after 15 years, I've never even met in person, but I feel <laughs> like I like, know everything about them you know and we're just like there are people that I would like say are like really good friends of mine even though it doesn't sound like that makes sense um but yeah no I definitely think that the trade shows are great I can't wait to go to another one again obviously <laughs> like <laughs> it's coming it's coming I think yes. I think uh you know it's funny I'm not you know an affiliate nor uh, an offer owner but you know I, I I work with different people in the space and I also agree on affiliate summit west ASW I find um there's something about that show that just gets people energized and gets people kind of like wanting to do business is probably there's the Vegas factor. There's the beginning of the year. It's Q1. You're like, let's get started and stuff like that. But I've made some really, really good relationships. And I do find that obviously since everything kind of went online, um, the funny thing is, is that I haven't met a lot of people, but now because everybody's kind of online, everybody's turning on their cameras uh, a lot more. So at least I'm like, so I've, I've been working with some people for like five years and I've never literally seen them. Like we just, you know, Skype and cameras mm -hmm. off. And now more, more and more people are kind of just turning on their camera and being like, Hey, you know, wow. Oh, Maria, that's what you look like. That's you. Maria." You know? so, so, I mean, going to a show, I think is, is, is going to be refreshing. I think after, I think everybody's going to be super awkward though. Cause it's going to be like two years. Nobody's gone anywhere. Yeah. Gonna be like, do I hug you? Do I like, <laughs> your head? What do I do? Your hugs or yeah. what are you doing? So it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty excited about that one too. And I know there's, there's uh, the East one that's happening soon, but I'm trapped here in Canada. Like we can't go anywhere. I don't think we're going to be able to go anywhere this summer. So I'm kind of looking to 2022 and, and kind of getting stuff started. So maybe wow. we'll connect in 2022 in person uh, in Vegas, yeah. have a drink and so forth. So, uh, well, thank you, Brittany. I mean, this was super helpful. Uh, I think that, um, you know, the, the summary of this and the thing that I love is that although we're in a digital world and we're, you know, just kind of metrics and numbers and so forth, your advice is kind of summarized in like, just talk to the guy, you know, or talk to the girl and, and be like, you know, this is what's happening. Let's 
kind of make things happen. And I think that at the end of the day, even though uh, we're in a digital space, that everything still happens like on a piece of paper uh, and a conversation. So everybody that's listening, you know, keep that in mind that a phone call goes a long way <laughs> in any industry. But specifically, I find affiliates um, just love that you know, you know, getting a call from somebody be like, this is not working, like do this and whatever. And they're, they're usually pretty good at switching stuff around. I mean, in your experience, don't you find that like when you talk to somebody, they kind of make things happen a little bit better? Yeah. I mean, just the open communication. It's one of those things like, I mean, I'm a kind of person where it's like, I'm going to tell it to you whether you like it or not. And like in this industry, it's kind of like, there's a lot of stuff that you're probably not going to like, but you know, once you like talk through it, figure it out, whatever, then it usually becomes like a positive thing. So for sure. Yeah. Just open communication. That's great. Great, great summary to the episode. So thank you very much, Brittany. This was really a pleasure. Um, and if anybody listening has any questions, specific questions about, you know, uh, EPC for a specific industry or whatever, uh, Brittany is very gracious with her time, at least so far with me and uh, really appreciate it. And, you know, you can contact me at mariasparagas.com and M-A-R-I-A-S-P-A-R-A-G-I-S.com. And I'll make sure Brittany gets your question and, um, and, is going to be uh, answering it. So thank you so much, Brittany. I really appreciate it and have yourself a great day. Yeah. Thanks, Maria. Hope you found today's session valuable. If you have any questions for me or just want to connect, please feel free to visit my website, mariasparagis.com. That's M-A-R-I-A-S-P-A-R-A-G-I-S.com. I'd love to hear what you're working on. So drop me a line on any hot button issues your business is experiencing. And remember, don't worry about failure. You only have to be right once. 